Hello, buddies. A uh, bit of a different episode for you here today. I know in the past we've done some interview style episodes where uh, I would ask someone like Ryan or someone like Eric about, you know, some details of their character or, you know, is there any like juicy backstory bits you can give out early, etc., etc. Uh, for today, similar to a earlier episode uh, that we already recorded uh, titled What is the Dark Lands? That episode was mostly a behind-the-screen peek um, into our campaign and what I'm doing different from the pre-written already created by the book Dark Lands. Uh, this is going to be a bit of an expansion on that with some of the general lore about the Darklands, where it is, how it fits in our world, in this world of Hailmere, that's, you know, specific and homegrown to our channel, and all of the major events that occurred before our channel. So obviously we're not going to have time to go over every single detail or every little bit of anything that went on, but I will do my best to give you uh, the best spark notes that I can here. We have had quite a few requ requests for an overview. So I think first of all, we'll just start with the basics. You know, the things that when you watch a Darklands episode, you know, when you're listening to us, what are some not necessarily week-to-week -week terms, but things that will come up often that it's like, they keep saying this, what does this mean? So first of all, easiest point to start out with is the Darklands. Why is it called the Darklands? How did it get a name like the Darklands? Why are people even living here, right? It sounds awful. <laughs> well, it's, it's called the Darklands for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, all the continents in our world, our world of Hailmere, they are named after lands. This continent, the Darklands, then there is the Crown, Savage, and Titan lands yet. So this is only going to be one of four minimum campaigns that take place here, and that's if we would clean sweep every single continent in every single campaign, which is unlikely. So secondly, it's called the Darklands because this continent, it, well, I shouldn't say is, it at least was at one point completely void of sunlight. Uh, it was due to a man of a vampire named Cassius. He comes up quite often as well. He's the ruler, the you know, evil, big, bad tyrant of the Darklands. He's put a number of curses on the continent, you know, like far and wide. I'm not talking like they're clustered or he specifically targeted one location or one city or anything like that. We're talking, you know, north, east to southwest, everything in between this entire continent. Now, what we have discovered since then, which was, this was briefly spoken about in, it was either our first session or our second one, 
on the channel. You know, these were recorded, and then Mr. Mazarin William, uh, him and Emma went into uh, some pretty great detail. I think it was with Beetle and Sawyer about the names of the curses, how some of them work, and some very basic understandings of them. What we discovered from that is now there are two curses that were previously tasked on the Darklands that the party has broken. Since the party has broken these two curses, that overcast, stormy sky cloud that's over the entire continent, that has started to fade, and rays of sunlight have now began piercing through. So obviously as your GM, I can't just give any handouts and stuff like that, but it, it definitely does appear that the more curses that the players break, the more sunlight that gets brought back to the Darklands. Uh, the third major bit is the information and simple term that comes up almost every single time we go either to a new town or back to a previous city that uh, we were already at, which is uh, chain leaders. Now, chain leaders, I, I honestly just got this. <laughs> it will sound kind of silly. I just got this from uh, that whole, like, top of the food chain, you know, that concept, that saying, you know, if someone or something is top of the food chain, um, that every city, every town has one of these. So th they do they do have some some degree of political intrigue in who they are but generally that title of chain leader it will go to whomever is the most uh, whoever is the most respected or like the most knowledgeable for vampire killing and vampirism in general that's you know as i said the whole chain leader top of the food chain oh so this guy has killed the most vampires or you know, this brother and sister like we see out of Sasha and Victor, you know, one of them is an expert on vampirism and the other one knows some sort of weakness that, you know, maybe they are in the southeast, maybe a town far north hasn't heard of this yet. That is what makes one chain leader more valuable, more respected than another is it could be their knowledge or it could just be their brute force of how good they are of killing vampires. And we have seen that, as I said, out of uh, the likes of like Sasha and Victor, but also Easton and Mr. and Mrs. Mazarin, of course. They can't go without being said. So with those just kind of basic terms, that general understanding of, okay, now we're getting a lay of the land. It's what happened uh, before our channel what happened before Tabletop Buddies. Now, it would be incredibly difficult for me to cover around 30 to 35 sessions in probably 15 to 20 minutes here. So I'm just going to uh, do my best to hit um, all of the major events, the start of story arcs, how they ended, major NPCs in between, that type stuff. You're not gonna get every single detail and I know at some point a few of you are going to be raising the angry fist at me of, oh, but he missed this. I, 
I have only got so much time here. So let's start with the Cinderine. The Cinderine was uh, our very first session ever. Um, the Cinderine was, was an event, I guess you would say, or like a local holiday of uh, a previous town that the party was in where they, uh, the townsfolk they were uh, locking hands. It was very similar to that uh, site in uh, The Grinch. You know, like after he steals like all the presents and shit, but uh, all the Who's are still like locking hands around the Christmas tree. All that shit. It was very similar to that spectacle, but instead of a Christmas tree, it was a pile of uh, live vampires that were burning. Hence the name The Cindering. So this entire town was locked in, you know, hand in hand, arm in arm, whatever you want to call it. And they were just watching this pile of vampires be burnt alive. This was an event that these people called the Cindering. Uh, the reason why this town, this place, it doesn't really get brought up or mentioned is because the party straight up, uh, they fucking obliterated that town. Uh, it's not even on our uh, our updated, our new world map. Like, they killed the town's chain leader. They discovered that, like, 99% of the population there were cultists. Um, they only saved one single guy. And I think they actually forgot about him, like, fully, because he's just been uh, living, like, a lakefront fisherman shack peaceful life now. <laughs> that's why this doesn't get discussed much because it's kind of humorous and awesome as it was they just like full on wiped this place off the map and there's only one person in existence to speak of it and he's literally just fishing in his little shack all on his own living out the rest of his life quietly <laughs> uh, th then, uh, then the party traveled east a bit uh, they heard of uh, they heard of a place and people to help Sawyer. Now, we haven't had Sawyer back yet. He was only in the first couple of sessions that we did on Tabletop Buddies. He hasn't been back since then. He's just he's incredibly busy finishing up like his grad school stuff and he's also on like the the baseball team there and you know relationship, part-time job, you know that type of stuff, you know. That lifestyle's just very very busy, but we from the time of this recording, we should have him back in right around a month. I'm super fucking pumped. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, since the party went there, uh, primarily for Sawyer, that is where we also met a familiar chubby bartender named Easton, who obviously is a favorite, you know, from everyone that was previously in the group to everyone that is presently in the group. He's always been a favorite, and uh, a bit of a spoiler warning here, so skip ahead, I'll give you a countdown here, so three two, one, skip ahead. Easton is a werewolf. Lots of speculation, lots of guesses, that type thing. So just here to confirm, yes, he is a werewolf. Uh, it was a week or two ago, 
uh, the session that uh, it was just Eric and I for uh, was confirmed because Beetle literally saw him in werewolf form. Then he dropped werewolf form to show humanoid form of Easton. <laughs> so th this is all confirmed. This isn't, you know, like, oh, spilling secrets. Like, no, this has already happened in our sessions. He was wrongfully turned. Uh, but we just, we don't have the time to delve into all of the East and backstory right now. Uh, he most importantly led them to another NPC that we've already met, Navian. Unfortunately, his time <laughs> on Tabletop Buddies was incredibly short. Uh, before, before the channel, he was, he was a mainstay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I've read all of your guys' comments. Hopefully, sometime in the future, we can weasel away to see or hear from him again. For those of you that don't know Navian, he's a very spiritual being. Uh, he's a cleric. He's a halfling of Saren Ray. Uh, he's incredibly uh, introverted. Uh, I think that's kind of why him and Sawyer got along in the first place. <laughs> uh, their mutual hatred of people in general and not knowing how to socialize. <laughs> um, anyways, after after some time, uh, the two of them spent together uh, some spells that Navian casted on Sawyer. Uh, the recognition settled in that uh, Navian had to break the news to Sawyer that Sawyer was indeed cursed. Uh, reason being is since Sawyer was a boy, some lore on him here because, as I said before, Tabletop Buddies, uh, this has all been gone over. Uh, this is for you guys to learn who we were and what happened prior. Uh, as I was saying, since Sawyer was a boy, the lore on him was he never cast a shadow. Didn't matter if it was magical light, you know, candles, lanterns, whatever, didn't matter. He just, he did not have a silhouette. Uh, you know, obviously as a child, you know, adults didn't really care to listen to him. You know, just some scared kid or whatever. He kind of got brushed off. Asking for help uh, as a teen, he was dubbed mad. He, w he essentially became the town crazy. Uh, that was until one night when... He was actually kind of overcome by joy that suddenly he could see his shadow. It's like, whatever it was, hey, it fits itself or something. Unfortunately, that was not the case because it moved independently of him. What this shadow did, what the silhouette of Sawyer did, was murder his mother Obviously, this act waking Sawyer's father, and before this silhouette retracted back wherever or to whomever it belongs to, planting all of the evidence of this murder on Sawyer. Out of fear of execution, life in jail, etc., uh, he ran. He ran and essentially over the years became a bit of a Van Helsing type. 
and either uh, by <laughs> pure stroke of luck running into the party or by some sort of uh, twist of fate, Navian helped identify uh, this shadow, this silhouette as uh, someone and something. Um, it went by the name Maddox and was titled the Boogeyman. The thing was, uh, whomever, whatever this creature, this thing was, was the right hand of the previous chain leader that they killed in the town before, which is what had Sawyer's story arc and the beginning of it so puzzling is, but we killed that thing, why doesn't, why isn't Sawyer casting a shadow now? Why does he still not have a silhouette? Uh, that's when Navian told the group that uh, there is a crypt just south of Midmarch. Seems to be everyone's favorite fucking town. Um, that belonged to him. So obviously this being a crypt, a tomb, you know, whatever you would like to call it. I'm not going to be picky with it. Um, this was a very classic, traditional dungeon crawl type setting. Uh, meaning, you know, it was full of traps, ghouls, uh, animated armor were protecting a catacombs-type area, uh, there were goblins, uh, there was this pedestal puzzle, oh my goodness, uh, party loved this. Uh, there were these three pedestals, and, you know, th this chamber, uh, it, it wasn't flooded with water, but, you know, it had, I would say... All in all, probably 10 feet of water where you actually had to swim. You couldn't just walk across, you know, solid floor. You had to swim through it. Uh, they had to figure out how to get all of them to be the same level. Because, you know, they were all adjusted to different heights. So they had to, like, use their armor and items and, you know, their own character's weight to balance it all out. It was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I know that there was a ton in between that I just probably skipped over like three or four sessions there. Some of you are probably screaming at me right now, but uh, but those people who were there at a time, they won't be returning to the channel. So there's not really a need to speak of them, simply put. Uh, however, who I will speak of, which was the second to last arc of the dungeon, is the Onyx Shaman. Now, some of you might kind of be like, wait, that kind of sounds familiar, and some of you might be like, I have no idea what you're saying. Um, the what, what is currently known, and Beetle in-game could shed a lot more light on this because there's just no reason for me to be giving out and speaking of it in that much detail, is uh, the Onyx Shaman is or was some sort of researcher. Uh, the group has stumbled across a couple of his journals. Uh, and in terms of like the, uh, the, the continent, you know, his lore in the dark lands, you know, there are some people, you know, the group will stumble across NPCs that when you mention the Onyx Shaman, they'll be like, oh yeah, he's a myth. And others will be like, oh, he's some sort of like, he was, he used to be a medic, gone crazy, or he's some lunatic scientist. Uh, regardless, they all come to the same conclusion that 
he is or was. It's hard to tell if he's currently alive, ever really existed, if he's just a story. Uh, but that story has it as he seems to be working on some sort of cure for vampirism. Upon doing so, made some sort of arrangement with Tassius down the line. Since then, you know, theoretically speaking, if he was alive, maybe he's fallen by now uh, during that time. Maybe he's in hiding. But at one point, he was on the brink of that discovery. He was on the brink of curing vampirism, had a dinner with Cassius, and he hasn't been seen or heard of since then. And that's all I can and will say on Thonic Shaman. Uh, the rest I'll leave to Beetle and to be uh, resolved in-game. Uh, as for the rest of the dungeon, it was a lot of uh, penprick-type theory and educated guesses as to Okay, where is this leading to? What's the end game here? That type thing. And that's when the discovery came about that uh, Maddox is in fact alive. There are tons of beings, creatures, monsters, undead, what have you, uh, that do need to be killed in a specific manner, reducing them to zero hit points can mean a number of things. In Maddox's case, it essentially met, meant that uh, he returned to where he died in his mortal life. So at one point he was human, became a boogeyman, and now that he died as a boogeyman, he returned to where he fell as a human, which of course, was in this crypt, this tomb that they were discovering. So nearing the end of it, there was, you know, it was like I said, it was very, very classic. I had a lot of fun making this thing. There was like this uh, Maojong tile puzzle that they had to arrange. Uh, that's when they first started hearing of the Mazarins in the first place. They were the chain leaders before Easton was. Um, they were also another curse that through the act of eventually and finally killing Maddox, they actually killed two birds with one stone because where Maddox's tomb, his crypt was, was also uh, known as at one time, it was known as the Steadfast Underpass because mid-March, previously connected to Renelton from a series of underground tunnels. So the likes of, you know, scouts, roads, rangers, whatever you'd like to call them, uh, they could exchange information without being above ground, aka where fucking every vampire you're gonna fucking find is, <laughs> that they could secretly exchange notes and various sightings and things that they could warn each other, you know, hey, we saw, you know, 16 vampires going east, hey, we heard Cassius was heading north, that there was always this line of communication that was safe because it was underground. 
um, that curse specifically coming from Tassius to obviously prevent that from going forward and the other curse being uh, the curse that was casted on Sawyer by Maddox. Of course, it was by Maddox. So they did actually get rid of two at one time, which is why that whole overcast sky, um, you know, it is still there. 100% it is still there. It is not like the sun is out and shining on like a bright summer's day. Like, no, it's the sky box, for lack of a better term, in the Darklands is as if it is 24-7-365, a cloudy, overcast, stormy type day. It just so happens that thanks to Sawyer and Beetle um, handling the Steadfast Underpass curse and the curse that was cast on Sawyer, as they got two done in one there, uh, that was a bit of, okay, I need to really amp up whatever effect should be happening now in the present, which is the sunlight piercing through. After that, we actually had the Mazarins and all of the other uh, miners, because there was a, a bit of a cave tunnel type uh, team, pickaxes, dwarves and such. Uh, that's actually where uh, one of our returning players <laughs> uh, began to notice the uh, the population in mid-March uh, steadily increase uh, with the amount of dwarves that were were and now are around. Uh, it, it may be, I'm pretty sure, um, being our first session that we saw Zeke which is where the, a lot of the Onyx Shaman stuff came from. Uh, we did see him uh, depart from the group. Um, obviously that was uh, role played and just kind of all scripted and figured out by myself. And Beetle leaving that godforsaken tomb with Ral, Tuan, Mr. and Mrs. Mazarin, um, I, I did want to bring Topper. Topper was an individual that Sawyer meant. He wasn't all that impactful. That's why he wasn't mentioned in uh, the main summary there. Um, not that he was forgotten, not that he's not around, not that he was left behind. Um, but that's actually where we finally found, because we previously heard of Sasha and Victor, the chain leaders in Renelton, this crypt obviously also essentially doubling as the steadfast underpass where did it lead to Reynoldton, which is where episode two actually kicked off episode one was the entire combat with maddox so now you guys can understand why and how the channel started that way because we were concluding sawyer's story arc But I, I do hope that this helped you guys understand uh, a bit more about our world, a bit more about our shenanigans, uh, about our players. Uh, I didn't really go into detail here about Beetle because we're still learning more about Beetle. <laughs> we will continue to learn more about Beetle. Uh, he didn't really have a personal arc pre-channel. Uh, he's been essentially and still is you know the kind of lawful knight in shining armor type um 
So in obviously future sessions, if you guys have some more questions uh, to his regard, uh, just comment them, just let us know. But we do have the Who is Beetle Swift Claw episode already up that is already posted on the channel. So if there is anything you do want to know about uh, Beetle or anything about Beetle pre-channel, uh, that would be the episode to find it. And I think in closing here, you know, I was thinking right around half an hour, I'm looking at right around 28, 29 minutes. Uh, I just realized how rude of me. I never introduced my co-host. Co-host, would you like to say hello to the people? Hi, people. And we will see you next time. <laughs>